Welcome to a special parent series, an offshoot of the Success is Subjective podcast, still brought to you by the collegealternative.org website, presented by Lilly Consulting, and I'm still your host, Joanna Lilly. As with the evolution of any podcast, I was hearing from more and more parents about how they wish that they could share their story, how they'd wish that they'd known others were going through similar experiences, how they'd wish they'd known it was okay for their child to get help earlier, or how they'd wish they'd even known that therapeutic consultants existed. That's how this special series came to be. Each month, I'll be releasing anonymous parent interviews as they briefly share their emotions, talk through their biggest fears, and impart a piece of advice for other parents out there that may have a struggling adolescent or young adult. This special series feels liberating and instills hope. Without even broaching the topic of success, we are inherently talking about the shifts in what success looks like through the eyes of a parent whose child is struggling with their mental health or substance use. It almost doesn't need to be said, but of course I'm going to say it anyways. Success for each of these parents and their child is subjective. I'm kicking off this anonymous special parent series by outing the parent that I'm interviewing. She's well known in the podcasting and parent support space, so don't worry about me breaking confidentiality as she's totally okayed me doing this. Everyone else after this interview, however, will be anonymous. Brenda Zane is a family advocate, a certified parent coach, and a facilitator with the Partnership to End Addiction. She's host of the podcast titled Hope Stream and founder of the online communities The Stream for Moms of Kids with Substance Use Disorder and The Woods for Dads. Brenda's oldest son struggled with an addiction to a high-risk lifestyle and illicit drugs for over five years. After nearly losing him to multiple fentanyl overdoses, Brenda left her marketing career to serve other families dealing with the fear, confusion, and helplessness that comes with having a child who's misusing drugs or alcohol. Today, her son is thriving in a healthy life of recovery, which in part, Brenda contributes to craft skills she learned along her family's journey. So let's just jump right in. Here's Brenda. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for being yeah, here. I'm so happy to be here. So we're going to start with this question because you have been through this. Describe the feelings that you felt when your young adult was struggling and made a decision that surprised you. The feeling I felt was, oh, there's so many. <laughs> how, how do I choose? I think confusion was one huge one just of how did this happen and where did this come from? It seemed to come completely out of the blue. So confusion was a big one. And then fear, just, you know, the fear of everything that's going on. And you know that your child's not interacting with really good people, putting themselves in danger. So I would say kind of those are probably two of the primary things that I was feeling. Well, and I imagine kind of with those emotions in place, the you'll have a very detailed answer for the next question, which is, what is your biggest fear during that time? The biggest fear during that time, well, it kind of changed from our experience spanned about five or six years. So in the beginning, I would say um, it was just the fear and confusion of 
is my child ever going to sort of like get back on track, get back into school? Some of just the what I now think of as the basics, like, is he going to go to school today? Is he going to, you know, continue to play on a sports team? Any of those kinds of things. And then as time goes by, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Is he going to be alive today? So there's a pretty big span of things that your mind is going through um, as things progress and get worse, you just start to realize, oh, I have different worries than I did even six months ago. Makes sense. It, this process is certainly evolving to your point. So uh, who did you as a parent lean on for support, which I love asking this question to you because of the work that you're doing now, which we'll, we'll get to here in a second, actually. But just like during this time period, who did you lean on for support? I definitely leaned on my family. Um, my family didn't have direct experience with uh, substance use or with what also we were dealing with was this really high risk lifestyle but they were there for me just because they loved me and they knew that we were kind of struggling as a family. But it wasn't like I could go to them with a specific connection around the fear and the confusion about substances or drugs or anything like that. So family was big. Um, I did go to Al-Anon for a short time, which I always say was helpful and then not helpful. So helpful in that when you're sitting in another room with 30 or however many people, and the, and the meeting that I found was specifically for parents, so it wasn't that there were spouses and, and that type of thing there. All parents, the group I was at was about 30 to 40 people every week, just made me feel like, oh, I'm not the only one. And these people kind of, you know, looked like they would have a life similar to mine, like they were working full time. And, you know, so that was very, very comforting to know that I wasn't the only person. I learned about self-care there. What I didn't connect with there was this like kind of distance, um, distance yourself, um, detach. That didn't really feel good to me. So, you know, I think that's, it's like everything. Um, you find things that are helpful and then you leave the parts that aren't. So um, those were really it. It was just kind of like this vast no man's land that I found myself in. Like I'm roaming around, looking around like, Ooh, how come, how come there's nobody else here with me? And I think, you know, like intellectually, I knew that there had to be a lot of other people, but I couldn't find them because as you know, this is something that we don't talk about. So if you run into your neighbor at the grocery store, you both smile and you say, everything's great. How's your, oh, everything's fine. Oh, good. Good to see you. And then you move on. And what you don't know is they might be going through the exact same thing that you are. So scarce resources, um, for sure. <laughs> well, and I imagine that was probably the catalyst to what you have started to not just launch, but I view it as like building. You are building this like growing and evolving um, community. So uh, I'm going a little off script here, obviously. Uh, why don't you actually talk to us about what it is that you have created? Sure. So because of what I experienced in going through 
these years, really feeling alone. Again, I had a wonderful family. I have a one. It's not like my family doesn't exist. I have a wonderful family who supported me. But it's not until you sit face to face with another parent who's like, oh, I get it. I get what it's like to lay awake at two in the morning and you don't know where your daughter is or your son is living in a car somewhere or, you know, all of these horrific things that, you know, somebody just can't even wrap their head around. So once we sort of got into a better place, I thought, what would have been the most helpful thing that I could have had in this situation? And so what that came to me as was a community of people that wouldn't judge me. I didn't have to minimize what was going on with them. I didn't have to lie. I didn't have to explain or rationalize what was happening. And so through, of course, the beautiful, amazing world of technology, we can do that and we can all come together in a place 24-7 Um, I've created a space both for moms and a separate space for dads because we do this very differently, we we came to find out. And there are worlds where we can be together and hang out and we have actually a lot of fun and we laugh because at some point you have to laugh about this because you're just like, you couldn't believe what my kid did today, right? And and we can. We're like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, And so... Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's been a dream of mine to have that type of a place for parents. And when I hear them say, oh, my gosh, this has changed my life. It's just it's the best feeling ever. Well, and we'll make sure that we actually have the links to all of those resources uh, in the show notes. And then I think that this next question uh, we're going to wrap it up because the ultimate goal is I want folks to, to hear your story and also just connect with you. What advice would you give a parent that is going through any part of a similar experience to that five or six year journey that you went through? I would say, first of all, take a deep breath. Just try to try to get yourself out of panic mode. Know that things can change but you need to be in a healthy place for that to happen. So my advice would be, first of all, get yourself as kind of regulated as you can, whether that's through food or movement or connecting with people in your community or your church or your family or whatever it is, so that you don't feel so alone. And then start really learning about whatever, if it's a mental health issue that you're going through, learn all you can about that. If it's substance use, learn all you can about that. So, you know, doing all of this in a, in a more balanced and healthy state, I see parents that come into our communities and they're just deer in headlights, frazzled, just, you know, they're not in a, in a space where they're gonna be able to absorb information, learn new skills, so we, we first try to kind of do that part of it, almost like triage, like, let's get you drinking some water, let's get you moving, let's get you eating some healthy food, really recommend getting a therapist, right? So shoring up the parent first and then moving into more of education and learning skills and tools that you can use to help your child. So, um, and just be hopeful, you know, listen to, listen to success as subjective and know that 
it doesn't have to look like what you think it does. Listen to my podcast, Hope Stream, where you can hear all kinds of amazing experts and recovery stories and just, I think, keep your chin up because it's really easy, really, really easy to get really discouraged. Thank you so much for taking the time to share just that little snapshot of your story and for connecting parents to the resources that you have created uh, for more parents in the future so they don't feel alone. Yep. You're not alone. There's many, many of us out there who have been there. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank the parents for joining me on this week and for being willing to share their journey. It's raw, vulnerable, and takes some serious courage to be willing to put their voice out there into the podcast universe. Stay tuned for the next episode in this special parent series where you can bet it'll be another family sharing their personal story of adversity, acceptance, and peace. You might have noticed that there's no contact information in the show notes for this special parent series, but if you're interested in getting connected to the parent on a particular podcast episode, please email me, Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. If you are a parent who's interested in being a guest on the podcast, also email me at joanna at successissubjective.org. I will be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on any other popular podcast apps such as Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And last but not least... Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and you. You can show support for the continuation of this podcast by donating on the successissubjective.org website. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. Do you have a teenager or young adult who seems to have lost their way? Maybe they need help navigating adolescence, adulthood, and decisions surrounding higher education. Or maybe they have become withdrawn, their grades are slipping, or they are flat out living a reckless lifestyle, and you're concerned about their health and well-being. If this describes what your teen or young adult is facing, a therapeutic consultant may be able to help. Mental health, addiction recovery, and higher education can all be equally expensive. While information is everywhere, how do you know what option is the best one for your family? Some parents have the time to research and navigate this on their own. Some don't. If the latter applies to you, enter Therapeutic Consultants. Therapeutic Consultants, like Joanna, listen to your family's specific needs and advocate on behalf of your loved one. TCs will research therapeutic resources, recommend treatment programs, and assist during adulthood transitions. Not being affiliated with any program, their support is completely objective and catered toward the best interest of each unique family. To find a qualified therapeutic consultant to work with, check out TCA, also known as the Therapeutic Consulting Association. Their website is therapeuticconsulting.org, all one word. Again, that's therapeuticconsulting.org. Then click the Find a Pro tab up at the top.